Sunsets from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Coming out of Adelam. So, uh, let's start from 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 8. You're going to read from your Bibles. So, please keep this screen on. We'll all read from our Bibles. If you can find it, verse 8 to 39. We may not read all of it. It's a long read, so we're going to just jump around the scripture. But it's a good place for you to, to look at 2 Samuel chapter 23. Verse 8, let's start from verse 8. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Joseph Bashibeth, let's pronounce his names. Joseph Bashibeth, the Takmonite. Say it again. Joseph Bashibeth, the Takmonite, chief among the captains. He was called, he was also called Adino the Esnite. Because he has killed 800 men at one time. Like, wow. And after him was Eliezer, the son of Dedo. Eliezer, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite. Can you pronounce this? Eliezer, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite. One of the three mighty men. When David... With David, when they defied the Philistines who had gathered there for battle and the men of Israel had retreated, he arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day and the people returned only after him to plunder. After him was Shammah, the son of Agi. Say Shammah, the son of Agi. The Hararite. Oh, say that again. Shama, the son of Agi, the Hararite. These are good names to know. Good names to know. Prominent names among the mighty men of David. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. Lentils is like uh, beans. Beans, okay. Like a do. Oh, so lentils, like, I thought it was slippery, uh, no, but, but it's still, uh, like, whatever leaves you are standing on cannot be, cannot be too firm a ground, yeah? It was in the middle of beans. So the people fled, but he stationed himself in the middle of the field of beans and defended it and killed the Philistines. If you guys are lying to me. <laughs> So the Lord brought about a, a great victory. Then three of the 30 chief men went down at harvest time and came to David at the cave of Adullam. The troop of Philistines encountered the valley of Rephaim. David was then in the stronghold. The garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David said with longing, Oh, that someone will give me a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and brought it. I took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink it. And he poured it out to the Lord as an offering. And he said, Far be it from me. <laughs> oh Lord, that I should drink, I should do this. Is this not the blood of the men who went in jeopardy of their lives? You know how a king says things like a wish? 
He was in a war. The army of Philistines were gathered. Then these three men, it was so difficult. He was so thirsty. He just said, oh my God, I wish I, you know how you know that river that is very nice or stream that, he said, I wish I can get water from that place. This man didn't say anything to him. They just literally broke through the camp of the Philistines. Do you understand? Like, you know how Army Arrays used to be? I mean, if you watched 300 or, or any of those epic movies, they broke through the enemy camp when they got water, broke through again and came back and gave him the water. And then he said, like, gosh, I can't drink this water. <laughs> this is blood. <laughs> this is the blood of this man. It's too re- they risk by which this water came. I can't drink. It has to be offering to the Lord. Some of the things David did, right? He poured it out to God and said, this is an offering to the Lord. It's the blood of this man. Now, Abishai, verse 18, the brother of Joab, the son of Zeruiah, was chief among another three. He lifted his spear against 300 men, killed them, and won a name among these three. Was he not the most honored of the three? Therefore, he became their captain. There, however, he did not attain to the first three. This was the second three. He had first three. This is the second three. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man from Kabzil, who had done many deeds. He killed two lion-like heroes of Moab. Man, he had gone down and killed a lion in the midst of a pit on a snowy day. My God. So powerful, man. And killed an Egyptian, a spectacular man. The Egyptian had a spear in his hand, so he went down to him with a, with a stick, wrestled the spear out of the Egyptian man's hand and killed him with his own spear. These things Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, did and won a name among the mighty men. He was more honored than the 30, but he did not attain to the first three. And David appointed him over his God. I can go on about the name, but let me jump on to verse 32. Eliabah the Shalbonite of the sons of Jashem. Say that. Eliabah, sons of Jashem. Let's read on. Jonathan. Shama the Ararite, Ahiam the son of Sherah the Hararite, Eliphelet the son of Ahazbai, the son of Maccabite, Eliam the son of Ahitophel the Gileonite, Hezrai the Camelite, Parai the Abite, Egal the son of Nathan of Zaba, Banai the Gadite, Zelek the Ammonite, Neharai the Behoronite, Amobera of Joab, the son of Zoriah, in the Ira the Etrite, Gareb the Etrite, and Uriah the Hittite, 37 men in all. This, I mean, you notice one name there, Uriah the Hittite. Yeah. So, can I tell you guys something? There were names, there were faces, there were individuals, there were people. But that's not how they came to David. That's not how they came to David. These guys did not come as men with pedigree. They came as non-entities. They came as nobodies. But David created a tapestry for them to step into what God had in store for them. David created a canvas, a velvet, on which they shone as diamonds. David created the the place from where they jumped as people who are going to walk with God. And that's actually what I want us to remember as we begin the study of the cave of Adullam. 
And here's the scripture I want us to read together. Let's read this together. First Samuel chapter 22, verse 1 to 2. 1, 2, go. So David left Gath and took refuge in the cave of Adalam. When his brothers and the rest of his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. And all who were distressed or indebted or discontented rallied around him and he became their leader. About 400 men were with him. <laughs> like Saul was after David and David had run and run and run. So finally he got to a place where finally he got to a place where he seemed to have found a hiding place. And when his family heard that, okay, there's some measure of fortress like Luke about Adalam, they gathered to him. But some men came. What was the quality of the men who came? Distressed, indebted, and discontented. These were not the society's leaders. These were not guys from Wall Street. These are not guys from, from the Nollywood industry who were prominent. These were actually men who nobody knew. These were people who were dissatisfied with their lives. These are people whose lives were going nowhere. They gathered around David. Indebted. There were people who EFCC was running after. There are people who have a knack of greatness, but every greatness in them was sapped by the problems they were going through. There were people who had challenges all around. Maybe some of us are too comfortable and we're just okay. Maybe you don't really have the kind of scandal that David's mighty men had. But this man knew what it was like to be scandalized. This man knew what it was like to be hungry. This man knew what it was like to, to have this vision of something they're going to be and do, but they were not able to arrive there. This man felt the pang of pain. And they saw around David a kind of leader who was going to bring them into all that they were going to be. They saw around him a kind of identity. They saw around David a rallying call, a kind of man. I know many of you think David was a great guy. But let me tell you guys, David was just a mercenary. Say mercenary. You know what mercenaries are? They buy fights. You know when we couldn't fight Boko Haram? Good luck, Jonathan hired mercenaries from South Africa. You guys remember that? And in three days, they wiped out Boko Haram. <laughs> Before he left office, they burnt out down some Biza forest. Mercenaries don't take rubbish. They don't have political sides. They have only one assignment. Kill, destroy, uproot the ground, and deliver victory. This is the kind of man David led. He led them. So where is Adolam physically? Adolam in the Hebrew word and the writers who describe Adolam, they describe it as a hiding place. A place in the Arabic, from the Arabic word Adula, which means to turn aside or a place of retreat and refuge. So Adullam means a place to turn aside to, a place to step aside into. 
a place to retreat into, a place to break out from. That is what Adullam really, really is. In the history of Adullam, let's go back into history a little bit. The first time Adullam was mentioned in the Bible is in Genesis 38 verse 20, where Judah married wives from Adullam. Judah, the first son of Jacob, married wives from Adullam. And also he married his widow's daughter. He married his own son's widow's his son's widow. That's like his son's wife. His daughter, he married his own daughter. Yes. So it wasn't quite a pure place. Do you understand? In the history of the Bible, it wasn't represented as a good place. But eventually it was handed over to Judah in the days after the wars of Joshua and they took over the land. Adullam became Judah territory as well. So that's the history of Judah. So let's go forward. Another study. First Samuel 25, the next uh, two chapters forward. Twenty-five, twenty. Let's just read these ten verses. It's going to help us. Twenty to thirty-one. Okay, let's read it together. Since no one is volunteering, all of us do it together, right? First Kings, sorry, sorry, I'm in First Kings. I was wondering why he wasn't showing up. First Samuel 25, 30, 20 to 31, so. First Samuel 25, 20. Okay, I'm there now. So one, two, go. So it was as she rode on a donkey that she went from under the cover of the hill and there were David and his men coming down towards her and she met them. Now David had said, surely in vain I protected all that this fellow has in the wilderness so that nothing was missed of all that belongs to him and he will repay me evil for good. May God do so even more also to the enemies of David if I leave one male of all who belong to him by morning light. Now when Abigail saw David, she dismounted quickly from the donkey, fell on her, her face before David and bowed down to the ground. So she fell at his feet and said, On me, my Lord, on me, let this iniquity be. And please let your medsavant speak in your ears and hear the words of your medsavant. Please let not my Lord regard this scoundrel Nabal, for as his name is, so, he, so is he. Nabal is his name and fully is with him. But I, your maidservant, did not see the young man of my Lord whom you sent. Now therefore, my Lord, 
as the Lord lives and your soul lives, since the Lord has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hand, now then, let your enemies and those who seek harm from my Lord be as neighbor. And now this present which your maidservant has brought to my Lord, let it be given to the young men who follow my Lord. Please forgive the trespass of your maidservant, for the Lord will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house, because my Lord fights the battles of the Lord, and evil is not found in you throughout your days. Yet a man has reason to pursue you and seek your life. But the Lord, life of my Lord shall be bound in the bond of the living with the Lord your God. As he leaves and the lives of your enemies, he shall sling out as from the pocket of his sling. And it shall come to pass when the Lord has done for my Lord according to all that good that he has spoken concerning you and has appointed you ruler over Israel, that this will be no grief to you nor offense of heart to my Lord either that you have shed blood without cause or that my Lord has avenged himself. But the Lord has dealt well with my Lord. Then remember your maidservant. Amazing scripture. This is actually Abigail, the wife of Nabal, coming to plead on his behalf when something happened between David and, you know. But let's, so in this scripture, Saul, in, in the chapter previous to this, Saul took 3,000 men. How many men were with David? Do you remember? How many were with him? 400 men were with him. How many did Saul take? 3,000. And they went to seek David and his men in a place called the Rocks of the Wild Goats. That's around Adalam. Adalam was a set of hills and mountains and caves. So, and when they came to the sheep folds, Saul was there. Saul was pressed. So he went in, in verse 3 of chapter 24, he went in to relieve himself. And David and his men were in the inner side of the cave where Saul went to relieve himself. David's men came and said to him, Man, my God, the day has come. We never knew we could have Saul so close. The Lord has promised you that he was hand over your enemy to your hands. This is the time. So he said to him, they said to David, let's finish him now. You know what David went and did? The story is very familiar. He went and just cut a piece of his cloth as the man was doing the doo-doo. And then he went out. The long story is that when Saul saw this, that, and David started shouting, my Lord, your men are not protecting you. What are your men doing? He says, I have no plans to hurt you. This is actually a clear evidence that I have no plans to hurt you. And Saul saw that actually David came enough, close enough to kill him. So this is actually what Adam land looks like. It's a place where God delivers your enemy into your hands and tells you to do what you like. The person who is not really your enemy but counts you as their own enemy because you're not really fighting them but they are the ones fighting. Do you know people like that? Which you are not fighting but they are fighting you. 
they have decided that anything that has to do with you, they are going to fight it all the way. They have decided they're going to mess you up at work. They decided that they're going to hurt you. And these men are around you. So in the case of David, these are the kind of men that were around him, right? And these men just simply, just simply just wanted him to die, the men of Saul. And Saul, so if you think Saul was weak, when Saul died, is begin when you begin to see the power of Saul. The Bible says there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. So it wasn't just Saul. Saul became an institution. So Saul knew that ah, this guy is actually truly righteous. But do you think that made Saul to completely forgive David and move on? Do you guys understand? Look at what Saul says. For if a man finds his enemy, will, it, will he let him get away safely? Therefore, may the Lord reward you with good for what you have done to me this day. And now I know indeed that you shall surely be king. Guess who was speaking? Saul. And that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. Therefore, swear now to me by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants after me, and that you will not destroy my name from my father's house. Can you imagine? So Saul knew that this guy is the king, but he didn't want to allow it. He didn't want to allow it. Saul himself used his mouth to declare David as the king, but he didn't want to allow it. Do you know those people who know that you, have, you are king material? You are serious content. But they will do everything to inhibit you so that you don't come out. How many of you have those kind of senior bosses where they never want you to shine? Everything about them is to press you, is to squeeze you. How many of you are those kind of bosses? <laughs> <laughs> you squeeze and squeeze and squeeze you don't give people their flowers you never celebrate people you never bring people into their place you never allow people to become you never endorse people you're like a soul it's just a spirit of jealousy upon you the power of kingship is best when it can be transferred that's something to write the best kings are the ones who are able to do succession planning, who think ahead of who is going to be able to carry the sword, who think ahead as to who is going to be able to carry what they are doing. In fact, if you are a pastor and 20 people in your congregation cannot preach better than you, you're almost a failure. Because what are you teaching them every week that they cannot become? What are you pouring to them every season that they cannot actualize and activate? So I'm very happy that in the last two months, this is the second time I'm preaching. And none of you noticed. Do you understand? Nobody noticed. Do you guys understand? Because the guys who come here, they do a fiery job. They do such an amazing job. Nobody misses me. Do you guys understand? And it's real. This is not... So, 
if you are leading anything and the people around you cannot do better than you, it's not a plus for you. If you're leading an organization and nobody can shine that organization, it's not a plus for you. It's not. If you can empower, you hire intelligent people, but you can't empower them, you are a soul. You're a soul. So jealous, so petty, so decided that you're going to hurt other people. You rejoice when people are crushed. You rejoice. I, I see this workplace toxic city all the time when bosses don't want to allow people to breathe. Someone said, like, that's not what we came here for. We came here for Adulam. That is Adulam. How did David fail? The Bible says in verse 5, after David's, after what David's conscience bothered him because he has cut off the hem of Saul's robe. Saul was doing him, but he couldn't even touch the hem of his robe. He was in pain. Like, why am I touching this guy? There are many of us who are building strong things. What God wants to build, I know we're going to come into our, our, next, conf, our next word um, business breakfast is the builders, the builders, um, the builders mindset. And part of what we're talking about is the fact that God will give you things to build. The builders mindset is not a mindset to crush other people who are building. Is to build together. Say build together. Not someone and say build together. May God give you that power to build alongside other people. May God give you the power to multiply yourself for you to see that the sky is big and massive and you don't need to break other people around you before building can be complete. What the devil wants to do is to bring fear. Because there is a war going on outside. When you are in the cave, what you have is a place of hiding. What you have is a place of discontent and trouble and shame. So we did this study now. We read this before time. Now we're coming to it. Neighbor and a big girl. So let me jump there now. So God decided after David passed this test of Adolam. That he was going to what? Bring him out. And the words that God used to start to will David out were the words of Abigail, the wife of Nabal. And that's why when Nabal died, guess what David did? He went and married her. I want to go into the words of... Because he was, they were living in Adulam and they would live there and they would do campaigns their campaigns will go around the region. And guess how they made money? Remember I told you they're mercenaries. So they come to a place, Nabal had like about 3,000 cows and 1,000 sheep. He, had, he was so wealthy. He had hundreds of staff. So when they go out to graze, castle rustlers will go and steal their cattle. Do you understand? You know what cattle rustlers are? 
yeah, like in, in Kasenala, in the north, where people have lots of cows. That's actually why full and new headsmen started getting guns, because people come and steal their cow. And for a full and new man, the cow is like a son. All their cows have names. Do you understand? They call him Iska, Usha, Ishi, Usha, And all the cows just come according to their names. I remember as a small boy living in a town called Kasinala, which is on the border of Taraba State. And a, a, a cow fell into a ditch and it was so badly injured. And the thief, it was a thief town. The thief boys in the area jumped into the place and started cutting the cow alive, cutting out part of the meat or the body of the cow. The Fulani man said he was weeping. I could never forget that sight. Many of you don't understand what headsman's idea is. The cattle is more important to them than humans. Like, really. So, cattle rustling is a very big wahala. <laughs> Do you guys understand? So, this was what was happening in those times. So the camps of Syria will come. They will rustle the rich man's cow. Take one cow, take one sheep. Take three. Some will take even 50 because if they are powerful and more powerful than the shepherds, they will attack. So what David and his men were doing, they became vigilante for all the rich people. So Nabal was one of those rich people. So David and his men will ride out and cover all the things. They will guard them for a whole month. At the end of the month, they made their way to Nabal and asked Nabal, please settle us like omoniless, right? <laughs> Protect your land for you. At the end of the month, you settle them. <laughs> That's exactly what David was, really, to be honest. He was just a rustler, hustler, you know. <laughs> so it was this time, look at what Nabal said to him. Next slide. Let's read this together. No, previous. It says, let's read this together. But Nabal answered David's servant, who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? There are many servants today who are breaking away from their masters. <laughs> David sent a message and said to him, Oh God, we work hard for you. He just simply answered what normally <laughs> the landowners answer like, Who is this guy? Why are you bothering me? <laughs> I paid my tax to the government. Who are you? <laughs> but David was king can you imagine that this was a man who has been anointed king already can you imagine that this is a man who has already killed Goliath can you imagine that this is a man who has already lived in the palace now he's living in the outbacks in the craggy behinds of nowhere land and sometimes we may be like David called by God elevated by God but the situation where we are now is a nowhere place. Adulam is that nowhere place where you don't know, where you're asking God, God, what's, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? So the words of Abigail were like words of massive encouragement to David. She said to David, you're going to have legacy. May God make you an enduring house. Because you always fight God's battles. You have forgiven David because you haven't done evil. Evil has not been found in you all your days. Abigail said, 
David, may God give you life in a bundle with the living. She blessed him. She said, God has appointed you ruler over all Israel. She said to him, why is it you haven't done any wrong that this man is chasing your life? For is it not clear to everyone that God has appointed you king? You know there are people who know you, but they will never tell you who you are. <laughs> there are people who know God's calling in your life, but they will never declare it. May you be that person when you see people, you can celebrate what God has put in people. Ah, celebrate the grace of God. Abigail celebrated David. She said to him, man, when God makes you the king that you're supposed to be, remember me. Do you know that's what she said? That's what verse 31 says. She ended it like, when God has brought you into the empire, remember me you may be sitting next to someone important now turn at them and say when God has made you king remember me hey Turn to the person on the other side and say, when God has brought you into the place where you're supposed to be don't forget me she spoke life into David David was tense this woman brought down his temperature may you find the people who bring down your temperature and stop you from shedding innocent blood and stop you from doing wrong things in the name of Jesus Christ she spoke life into him David came alive she said David said oh my God Oh my God, I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. <laughs> you guys don't, you're not reading the same Bible I read. You're not reading it. If you read it, you see it. How he said, hey, wow. So I'm okay now. I'm not killing again today. <laughs> David just had a way and this woman just brought out the best in David. David marked her that day. This is the kind of material you need. This is wife material. 1,000 yard wife material. <laughs> May you be that encourager wherever you go. May men find joy in your words. May you not be the critical spirit guy who always cutting people down. May you not be the one who's always overjudging, over suspicious, over critical. May you be the one who has love in your eyes. She declared life over David. David came alive. And she started a new season in the life of David. From that time, the next thing we heard was that Saul died. And David now, no, Samuel died and David started the journey out of Adullam. What is Adullam today? Sin. Adullam is the place of sin where you've fallen into a scandal. A, a rumor broke out that your office people have bribed and you are in the center of it and it's true and everybody's looking at you different you open the door to the devil 
you really did it. You opened the door and the devil came in. I cannot tell you the number of people who before they fell, God will give me a word and say, the devil is coming for you. I remember a young lady in this church, I was telling her, the devil is coming for you. Come, let's pray. It's a season to tighten your atmosphere. It's a season to tighten your environment. And she didn't, she said, Pastor Mo, I just want to party. I've been believing God, nothing has happened. I'm like, the miracle is near. She said, Pastor Mo, leave that thing. It's 10 years I've been waiting. I said, the miracle is near. But the devil intends that when you arrive in the miracle, you arrive broken. The miracle is near. Don't fall into sin. Don't give in into sin. Don't give in to what the devil is planning. And she wouldn't listen. The next thing, she messaged me one day, and you know how you have open conversations. She said, Pastor Mo, there's a man. But I'm like, you cannot see a man, you are married. She said, but my husband doesn't love me, doesn't care, doesn't, doesn't call me, doesn't do that. Like, but you are married. You cannot be seeing a man. I knew immediately that's what the Holy Spirit was telling me about. Before long, she messaged me and said, my husband saw the whole messages between me and the man, and we did it. That's the end of the marriage. You know what was pinning me was not that she could fall. What was pinning me was that I knew, and I told her, and we're all aware that she left an open door. You open the door, the devil will come in really quick. You've been celibate for so long. You've been holding on for so long. And now it's your miracle nearer. Some people are supposed to be here in church today. They are busy frolicking with the world because they are considering backsliding when their miracle is nearest. Because they are going through Adalam. Adalam is a place of sin. Adalam is a place when we open the door to the devil. Adalam is a place of compromise. Adalam refers to the place where things are not perfect in our lives. Adalam is a place of fear as well. When we fear for our lives. Have you ever gone through a threat? A threat to your life and they wanted to kill you. That's Adalam. Have you gone into a place where all your money is finishing? That's Adulam. Have you been in a place where they publicly sacked you and everybody in your organization knows this? That's Adulam. Have you been in a divorce? That's Adulam. Have you been raped and you can't get out of the mindset of the disgrace that happened to you? That's Adulam. And you know what Adulam brings? It brings shame. You lose friends. You lose people. Some of you will not understand this, but this is actually something that when your scandal breaks out in the paper, when Encomium writes about you or City People or Shitty People or, or Linda Ikeji writes about you and the comment section goes alive, you open the door and the disgrace is well deserved, but you are still in pain. 
You are near the threshold of what God wants to do in your life. Why do you want to adjust it with your own fingers? In essence, sometimes we are the ones who threw ourselves into Adolam. Adolam refer to a time when you are traumatized because somebody is broken in your family, because you are sick, because things are wrong. That's Adolam. Into Sakuma Shayada Brakuta. Hold somebody's hands today and pray over them. They may be going through Adolam. The shame we brought on ourselves. The embarrassment we brought to the name of our family. The disgrace that's never left by which our families call us because we brought so much shame. The fear that surrounds us. The threat over our lives. The people who want to kill us. Release them from the fear and the shame this morning. Pray over the person whose hands you're holding and say, Lord, Lord, Lord. I release them from shame and fear and pain in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. What did David do with the experience of Adalam? So, Adalam then is a middle place. Adalam then is a place of process. Adalam then is a place where God makes boys to become men. Adalam is a place of refining where who you were before is made better. Where the things that are in your heart before are readjusted. Adalam is a place where you begin to walk with God again. Adalam is a place where the discomfort is a tool for you to create spiritual habits. Adalam is a place for you to learn how to work in the grace of God again. Again. For the lessons from Adalam in the life of David, David learned. And for us also, number one, he said, Saul is the Lord's anointed. How many of you will say Saul is the Lord's anointed? Especially when you know that the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit is upon Saul, annoying him. How many of you will be calling such a man the Lord's anointed? Do you guys understand? He will not lift up his hands against Saul, saying this crazy man is the Lord's anointed. Something else he learned was humility. You saw how he poured out that water to the Lord. You saw how David is easy to be entreated. You can actually speak to him. He was a tough man, burly guy, rough in the edges, fighter. But he had a heart. The lesson of Adullam is that God crafts humility because before this time, David was the celebration party of the city. Every time David went to Akish, 
king of Gath. All they said, is this not the man who they were singing of? David has killed thousands. Saul has killed thousands. David had killed ten thousands. I think Pierce Morgan who used to say, one day you're the cock of the walk. Next day, everybody's talking about stoning you. You know, the cock of the walk. You know, wrong way where you're walking. The next day, you're nobody. You're the chicken everybody wants to eat. <laughs> In that place where everything was stripped away from the guy, he began to learn how to be humble. He bowed his face to the, to the ground. It was a place of prayer. Prayer strategies. David taught the men to pray. I imagine that a great while before done, many of the Psalms he wrote were from the, from the cave of Adullam. There are about four Psalms that he wrote in Adullam, actually. And it's written there in the book of Psalms. Google it. Psalms of Adullam. He wrote the Psalm from Adullam. He'll wake up in the morning. And see the sun rising from the rising of the sun. I will glorify your name. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. Between the rock and the hard place, the man found a psalm, found a voice in the spirit. <laughs> His inside was forged in the fire of affliction. Could it be that some of us are in a bad place because God wants to get out our voice out? Maybe it's not real adversity you're going through. Maybe this is a voice activation program. Voice activation program. Adulam is a place where boys are made into men. These liver guys, these guys in debt, these guys who are broken, these guys who are discontented, these guys who are agitated, they were firstborn, who were kicked out of their inheritance. There were people who were rich, they came to nothing. And they went to Chinese master and said, teach me how to fight. <laughs> are, you, are you watching Chinese movie? After they beat you, they kill your family, they kill your father, you go to... Chinese master and say, teach me how to fight. Many of these guys were those kind of guys who learned they were rich first, then thrown out. They had land. The land was in dispute. They had family property. The property everybody's fighting on it. They had, pro they had money. The money was tied up. They have 50 billion in their account, but they can't eat. Have you ever, have you ever met people like that? Some of you, you don't meet people, right? Like I meet people, right? Different types of people. They can't even eat. They can't even dress up. Until they open their mouth to speak, you wouldn't know that they're even intelligent because of how hard life has been for them. And this message is not just for the people here. It's for those of you who watch online later. Maybe this Adulam situation is something that is peculiar to you. Could it be that God is forging a man out of the boy on the inside of you? Could it be that the things you're going through now are designed to bring out a stronger, a more articulate, a more powerful, a more resilient man out of you? Could it be? Could it be? Could it be that that's why you're going through this Adelan position right now? That this discomfort is not designed to destroy you preach to someone right now 
and say this discomfort is not designed to destroy you oh say to someone the things you're going through right now is not designed to end your life the things that are happening to you right now are not designed to crush you God is building something out of this moment God is building something out of this moment God is building something God is building men into boys God is bringing life out of death thank you Father God then we began to see small winds after the blessing of Abigail in the next season when we read Samuel dies and when Samuel died David and 600 men who were with him arose and crossed over to Achish, son of Maok, king of Gath. Do you notice how many men are with him now? What does that mean? Can you imagine what kind of man is in the wilderness and is not reducing, it's growing? You guys understand? The wilderness is not a place to destroy you. May you grow in the wilderness in the name of Jesus. <laughs> his mighty men, his soldiers, none reduced. He kept all of them. Apart from Uriah the Hittite, which he later killed in the future. He kept all his mighty men. He was a good groomer of men. He could keep people. He could walk with people. Some of you, little problem. You already block your staff. Little problem, more. You checked out. When Samuel died, the era ended. A new season started where, which required another kind of behavior. Samuel represented the spiritual arc that was between Saul and David. So once Samuel died, a new administration started. The journey to kingship started. That was the end of Adullam. I don't know who Samuel looks like in your life, but Samuel marks the end of a season. Maybe Samuel is a pastor you used to be under. Maybe Samuel is a man of God who used to speak to you. Maybe Samuel is your parent. A new season is coming upon you. This is not for everyone, just for one or two people. A new season is coming upon you. A new season is coming upon you. In this new season, you're going to be required to partner. In this new season, you're going to be required to not do it alone. You know where he went to stay? He left Adullam to Gath. Where is Goliath from? Where are the three giants? Where are the four giants? The son of Anna came from? Gath. He went to meet the enemy territory. 
In fact, he wanted to go with them to war one time. And Akish was happy because he had stayed with Akish for two, three years. But the rest of the Philistine lords were not having it. Like, this is your partnership with this. Is it not David which they say he has killed his 10,000? No, 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 we don't want. He would turn against, because they were going to war against Israel. And David was actually trying to go and fight with them against Israel. David walked a very narrow line. It wasn't a perfect life. It was a very difficult place. But Akish was the one who gave him Ziklag. From Adalam, the next place they went to was Ziklag. Ziklag is another sermon altogether. I will teach you guys about Ziklag. I'm traveling through the Bible. <laughs> next week, we're going to be talking about Priscilla and Aquila. The Ant series. How many of you remember the Ant series? Can you remember any of the Ants? The last one we did was Janice and Jambres. How many of you can remember any other one? Caleb and Othniel. Which other one? Jeroboam and Rehoboam. And then you have the, Ephra, the blessing of Ephraim and Manasseh. So next up we're going to do Priscilla and Aquila. And after that, we're going to do Trifina and Trifosa. The, <laughs> the Bible is so amazing. I'm taking you guys back to the Bible. There's no sermon I preached that is not centered on over 100 scriptures. This is actually the core of David's life. Adolam stood in the center. Adolam was the processing center of that king you saw. Adlam represents process. God brought a boy to the palace, but he didn't make the boy king. The boy had to go through process. What was the process? Adlam. Many of you used to say that David was a little boy who God made king. Yes, but God did not jump process. God doesn't jump process. You're going to have to allow the process of God to walk through your life. Nothing we're teaching, nothing we're preaching, nothing we're talking about with regards to the power of God jumps over process. Can I ask you a question? Can God make a two-year-old president of Nigeria? Yes, he can. He can do anything. Will he? Do you guys understand? He will allow process. He will start 30 years ago. That's actually how God works. Partner in the new season. Build your military. Military refers to planning. It refers to business plans. Military refers to your, your, your work. This is the time to come out. This is the time to partner. God wants you to own territories. God wants you to be able to fight to overcome the enemy. God wants you to build Businesses say build businesses. Ah, you guys are not hearing this. Maybe you, you like it so much when the pastor say, um, oil, Miracle oil is flowing this way, receive. Miracle oil is flowing that way, receive. And everybody's falling. It's good, but God wants you to build. Tell someone God wants you to build. build building requires planning. It requires brick upon brick. That's actually why 
I'm not in a rush as a church to do anything. Everything we're doing requires planning. How many of you know that we have outgrown this place? We have outgrown this place. One year ago, God told me that you have outgrown this place. At that time, we were like 30 because of COVID. Like 30 or 40 every Sunday. God told me we had outgrown this place. One year ago, I knew. And I was looking for an architect until we found one. We have a design of what we're going to build. And guess what I started doing five months ago? I started saving. 1K here, 5K there. If the bank says they want to give us, like if you want to buy land, where should you think we should buy land? Where? Where? Where are we? Do you understand? How much? Wise planning. Say someone, wise planning. Start thinking ahead. And this, I'm not saying it for the church to boast. I'm saying it for you to know that even though God wants to work miracles in your life, you must partner with God now to start planning. Start planning. Start putting aside the things He wants you to put aside. Start going into relationships. Build men. You know how many pastors like to raise men from other people's ministries? You know how this whole, you go to preach in an area, then you look for the strongest people in the, in the ministry, and you cream them off, and you take them to your ministry, and this is now your congregation. But you're not committed to building them or pastoring them. You're not committed to standing with people like, this morning, somebody's dad is in the hospital. And as the person is telling me their dad is in the hospital, they call me from my own house and say, my mom is in the hospital. People are hurting. People are going through stuff. And if you want to be a pastor, you have to stand with people as the brokenness of life happens to them. You can't just cream off people from the top and then move and these are now your people. No, they are not your people. People are not built by the word of prophecy. People are built by scripture. If the prophecy doesn't line up with scripture, throw that prophecy away. So God wants you to build. And this thing I'm teaching is not something I'm not practicing. Step after step. Moment after moment. God told me don't travel. In, se- in six years, I haven't left Nigeria. I don't leave Lagos on Sundays. I've only left Lagos on Sundays. Two Sundays since Ecclesia Hill started. I'm always around. I'm the chief secretary of this church. Whoever is preaching, I'm carrying their Bible. I'm fetching water for them. I'm clapping for them. I'm building. Say building. I need you to build in your life. I need you not to make excuses. I need you to go and find something and build it. Pour water on it. Pour concrete on it. Build. Build. Lead people. Teach people. Open the door. Be humble. Build. Say to someone, build. Ah, I don't know how to teach you these guys these things anymore. But this is actually what the Holy Spirit is saying. Many reasons why we are not equipped in the time of need is because we haven't built in the times when we could. Build something. Build people. Pour into people. Stay with people. Lead men. Draw men. 
get to the throne build a spiritual life build a spiritual life build an altar unto God build something powerful in the presence of God hallelujah thank you Jesus this is the time for you to come out this is the time for you to come out this is the time for you to come out come out of Adalam you stay too long you stay too long in your pain you stay too long in your pain I don't know who this is for come out of Adalam you stay too long in that place let's read this scripture together let's read this on top of your voice one two go then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said here we are your own flesh and blood even in times past while Saul was king over us you were the one who led Israel out and brought them back and to you the Lord has said you will shepherd my people Israel and you will be ruler over them so all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron where King David made with them a covenant before the Lord and they anointed him king over Israel Amen there is a coming out moment you're not supposed to live in Adelaide forever. You're not supposed to just live with the encouragement of a broken place forever. Come out. Come out of Adelaide. You've cried long enough. You've built in crisis long enough. You've hidden yourself long enough. Come out of Adelaide. You stayed in the place of pain and shame too long. Come out of Adelaide. The sin which they said you committed is true, you did it, but come out of Adalam. They said that you are not good enough for what God wants you to do is true, but that was the past. There's a new you emerging. Emerge out of Adalam. Hey! There is grace for this moment, this morning. There is grace for someone. You cried in the night because of the disappointment you've experienced. But that was the night of Adulam. Now is morning. Now is morning. Now is morning. For someone here today, God is breaking the season of crying and weeping. God is putting an end to the season of process and is launching you into to kingship he's saying step out step out step out into what I have in store for you this is the time you've led from the back for so long you waited on people for so long this is your time this is the time for you to step out of the doldrums of defeat this is the time for you to step out of the ashes of brokenness come out from Adelam come out from Adelam oh they said you couldn't pray your voice was tied up but in the place of Adulam, God began to lift up your voice God began to give you a prayer language lift up your voice because you built it in Adulam. lift up your voice church lift up your shout church You've been quiet for too long.
you've been silent for too long. You've been quiet for too long. You've been bent over for too long. Arise and shine. Rise up and glow. For the season of Adullam is over. It's a new season. I'm changing the seasons around you. Adullam was truly a broken place. It was traumatic for you. But that's not all. That's not all. The job is over. But that's not all. There's a new job for you. Hey, you are bent over with disease and brokenness. But that's not all. There's a new season for you. You had no power. You had no voice. But there's a new season calling you. Come out. Come out from your bed. Come out from your bed of slumber. Come out from your bed of defeat. Come out from the place where the devil has locked you out. Come out of Adulam. Come out of Adulam. Come out of Adulam. The Adulam season is winding over. Samuel is dead. Go and meet Akish. Meet the Philistines. Go to the heathen with the grace of God. Carry the oil of God which you lent in the place of hiding. Carry the grace of God which you lent in the broken place. Carry the power of God which he taught you when you laid on your bed in the night and cried. Carry the voice of prayer. Carry it into the marketplace. Build. Build something powerful for the glory of God. Build men and women. Build organizations. You've been hiding your organization too long. Bring it out now. Launch it now in a big way. Announce it. Come out of Adulam. That season is over. And God will make you a David. He will make you a king. He will build around you. The men who have gathered around you will come and gather and said, truly, you've been our king. Reign over us. Inostaku mashalabranostaya. Ekotamani maluta bazaya rostaya. Inosteya lamaru. Banastaya dosa Iko Ebolita Inkenama Elasuda Makata Salamba Inostabalika Come out of Adulam Come out of Hayden Come out of Adulam Come out from that bound place Come out from that broken place the Lord will give you light. The Lord will give you light. Senam balisaya inasaya damosa lekoshaya damosa. Jesus is calling you to a higher place of praise. To stand.
stand upon the mountain and magnify his name to tell all the people and every nation that he reigns Jesus is calling you to a higher place of praise it becomes my highest praise when all that I am responds to who you are it becomes my highest praise just to know you more now arise, O God, come to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. Then we will rejoice as we close in your righteousness and celebrate your love Baruch Abba Hashem Adonai Blessed is he who comes the name of the Lord before I go I just want to tell you guys this short story as part of a church movement and we were supposed to do something together with the senior pastor. But after a while, I found that he grew cold feet and just sort of like cut me loose. I'm not the kind of person who will do things from the sides. I went and met him and said, Sir, what did I do? Why are you kicking me out? He doesn't like confrontation. So he said to me, Moses, What's happening? You need humility, you need patience. So, I started praying. I just sat down for one year and did nothing. In September of that year, God said to me, maybe August of that year, God said to me, leave quietly. Don't scatter the work. Let nobody know where you are. I said, how am I going to do that? Is it your wife? So I called my wife and said, what do you want to do? She said, oh, she always wants to do a master's in social work. She's a lawyer. So that's how we packed our bags as a family and left for the UK. I went on her student visa. 
this, this wahala they are talking about now. We did, we did it. <laughs> They're going with your spouse. And it became a beautiful season for my children growing. It also became a time when I expressed myself technology-wise. And I'm sure you must have heard the stories about my street preaching in England, all across Scotland. That's when it happened. It was a time of renewal. It was like the cave of Adullam. I thought that was that was I thought it was for keeps. But after three years, God says, go back to Nigeria. We were not having it. My wife was not having it especially. But I knew. I know when I heard God. So I just stayed and started praying about how we're going to transition. When we came back, I had no idea that God wanted us to start church. Because at that time, I so enjoyed street preaching. So my thing was street evangelism. Meetings, random people, asking about Jesus Christ. And I, have you heard about the salvation? And they're like, no, never heard that. What's that? And I started explaining them. I, you could hear eyes, people go like, oh, is that why it's called the good news? I said, yes. Total ignorance to the word of God. I thought this was life. It is life, but that's not the only life. That was Adelam. England, as great as it was, was for me Adelam. Because I was next in line. I was resident pastor of this large congregation. Everybody was hoping that when the pastor wants to transition, I'm next in line to hand over the baton to, you know, those kind of things. Everybody saw me. Whenever they announced Pastor Mo is coming to preach, 1,000 people will be shouting, Yes! And then the next minute, I'm nothing. Rejected. Abandoned. All alone. In the cold winter of Scotland. And I had to find my way by myself. After you already had protocol team, my protocol team was like 30 people. That's when God cut off, you know, had two cars, you know, whenever I arrive, all oh, the pastors here, you see, brisk walking. When I come into the church, there'll be three people walking behind me. I was that guy, you won't believe. When I went to Scotland, who just tell me, you're not a pastor here, you're an usher. Help babies going to the lift. And in this church, you are not going to preach once. So I was an usher. I carried babies and boogies, buggies, helped them, mothers, did the lift. I gave teas to everybody. I did this for three years. No complaint, no word out of my mouth. On weekdays, I went to the streets and preached. Say, Adolam. When I came back and God was saying to me, start a church, I like God, no church is dead. I found a life. Found that life on the streets. I am church. Wherever I go, that church has come. That's what I said. I was that guy. <laughs> God said to me, church is the organization that keep over people over a long period of time until their life is adjusted. So start the church for me. The problem with church is that I'm never at the center of most churches. Politics at the center, strategies at the center, not me. 
make sure when you do this, I am at the center. Fight for me to be in the center. That's the one fight we have in this church. If God is not at the center, we're not a part of it. And God brought me from that place to this new place. And the Bible, and I asked God, are we going to pray more than them? He said, no, you can't even pray as high as they do. Their prayer team is 120 people. That's the whole church here. When they lift up their voice, it's a roar. Are we going to worship more than them? He said, no, but your worship will be more genuine. It won't be orchestrated. It won't be choreographed like this. Are we going to, he said the same songs, the same thing. All I want, let me be at the center. I was so comfortable with Adulam, I didn't want to come out. And that's the, that's the summary of what I'm trying to say. Are you so comfortable with Adulam that you don't want to come out? Come out of Adulam today. Touch someone and say, come out of Adulam today. Come out of Adulam today. Come out. Come out. Step into all that God has in store for you. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.